Hello. Hello and welcome to the Spooky Chris podcast. I am the aforementioned Spooky Chris, Chris Ringler. You can find all my stuff at SpookyChris.com. I'm an author, a, an occasional filmmaker, a ne'er-do-well. And I am joined today by the lovely Paul Cornelis. Hi. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I have all this stuff queued up on here, and I never get to use them, so I figured I'd give you a, a I'll have at it. A sad oh, I love I, it. I got one more, so you just wait. All right. Well, all it's, right. It's coming. I'll be waiting for that. Um, okay, so, so Paul, I, uh, I've known you for at least two or three months now. At least two uh, or three months. Since our torrid affair. and uh, <laughs> uh, In Brazil. <laughs> <clears throat> On the coasts of Brazil, um, uh, but I figured no, it's been like fourteen years or more. I forget. I honestly forget. I'm it's somewhere sure. like that. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a minute. Yeah, I mean, in the very least, twenty eleven, but probably before that. I, maybe. I don't think know. we met once before that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Where peep, I completely embarrassed myself, and someone said, "Hey, that's Chris Ringler," and blah blah, blah. and I'm like, "I'm gonna go say hi to him." Then I came you, over. You said, pose this as if it's like a, as if I have some like sort of well, level of was, fame. Like that's. It was a friend of mine that was telling me, "Oh, there's a guy that's kind of like you. He does <laughs> art stuff. He likes horror stuff, and they're talking about this horror convention. And you should talk to him. Oh, well, there he is, right there. And so I go over and say like the dumbest shit to you, and yeah, that's how we met. Huh. We shook hands. Oh gosh! You gave me like a pat on the head. It's very much similar to our another uh, person we know named uh, Tyler Zikafus, who's very formal and very handshaky. Yeah. Like, Hello, I'm gonna shake yeah. your hand. Yeah. Very funny. Um, but no, I figured it would be. Uh, I, I we could. I, I after all these years have a conversation with you about kind of the things that you do. So um, you are an author. Mm-hmm. You're a filmmaker. Yep. You have a home haunt, which if folks don't know what a home haunt is, it's basically if you consider people who have haunted houses um, and haunted attractions, this is one done in your right garage in, in my yard. garage backyard, yeah. yeah. Um, you're in a band? Yep. Lords of October. <sighs> Lordsofoctober.com. <laughs> um, uh, you, you, do, you and your, your family do, you're pretty active on the socias. Yep, we are. and all that yeah. stuff. We you. actually have a channel called Twisted Sisters and Brother. And that's kind of, it's getting out there a little bit. That's fun. Crazy. A couple things went legitimately viral. That's cool. So, well, all right, weird. so we'll get into, so we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll take these on one at a time. Okay. Uh, so when did you kind of decide that you wanted to write seriously? When I was a kid, there was a thought there. Like a like I really 
I considered it from a pretty young age that this was something I might want to do when I got older. But I was so obsessed with sports, especially football at the time. So that like took precedence. But in the back of my mind, there was always like, I think I want to write. It was always there as far as I remember, like maybe 10, 11 years old, telling my dad, I'm going to be a writer. You know, I want to write scary stories. This is literally what I told him. So probably elementary school when I thought I would probably do it. And I had a story published in a local little, um, I guess, <coughs> some kind of pamphlet the library did. They used stories from different kids around the city of Flint. <clears throat> And uh, mine was one of them. It was about aliens. That's awesome. It started out being about a vampire, but it was too graphic. <laughs> so they asked me to rewrite it, and I basically rewrote War of the Worlds or something. You know, a thing you do when you're 11. Well, no, yeah, that's, that's just kind of... I was really proud of it, though. When you get it back and you see it and everything, I show my mom, look, they published me. You know? I was desperate to write a story called The Stand as a teenager. And it was like, it's not going to be his stand. It's about trees, a stand of trees. I never wrote it. I That's just was, great, though. That was, that was just a silly teacher. That's great, though. That's amazing. hilarious. I had a, my big idea for a long time was something about a killer doll. Like, and I obsessed over that for, I mean, and I was this was young teens. like right. I don't know even if I wrote anything. But the ideas, ideas that you get then that feel like they're just, I have to do this. And then you get a little bit separate from it and be like, I'm probably not going to do that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, that was the first story. And it was funny because the vampire was actually slipped and fell and impaled himself on some wood. <laughs> and they're like, no, we can't put that in the city of Flint educational pamphlet or whatever <laughs> but that was the first time that's pretty fun though yeah it's pretty funny uh i think my mom probably still has it she has everything oh that's great yeah that's super fun <laughs> uh so so when did you kind of just like make the declaration internally like i'm going to start putting my things in front of people i'm gonna start putting books out Pol it was a poem book and i put it together I was obsessed with putting this poem book together. And I remember I put it together and my dad said he could bind them at work and bring copies home. And I'm like, what? Are they with like the, 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 the wire? Or no, like the plastic? Had, they were bound. Oh, wow. They were nice. They were really nice. That's cool. They were just colors. Like there was no, I'd have to put the title on myself or whatever, but they were typed out and bound. And I, how old were you? Um, 17 maybe that's pretty great yeah it was really cool it was mind-blowing at the at the time so i have these poem books and i'm giving them to people and they're like you wrote a poem book you know like say that's a lady killer man right? it did work that way which i didn't even i had not anticipated at all but some of these stories were you know these poems were love-based and my dad was like yeah a lot of the women at work were like these are these are very appealing <laughs> like what so yeah, I didn't expect that, but it was like a nice, yeah, I got some attention at school and stuff from <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's the kid that writes poems? Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was it. Okay. Yeah. So when, so how did you, how did you discover, because you and I are both, um, I mean, you actually, you've, you've been published more legitimately than I have, um, but, uh but we both have, have done self-publishing. When did you kind of start going down that road? It came from, remember the, uh, 
there was a local paper on common sense. Oh, I remember it well. Yeah, yeah. So I got a few things in there. And then I joined the staff and I started interviewing people. And I interviewed the ghoul. So the ghoul is my first kind of professional interview. And I started thinking about it would be cool if I could interview people like that and just put them together in a book. And then you'd know, <clears throat> you know, you could have a whole book. But how would you do that? So then I found Lulu.com and just started putting my own books together. And What, you know. what year did your first book come out? Oh, gosh. The first book that was legitimately a book was uh, 2011. Okay, all right. Yeah, before that, there was some stuff like, you know, I had made it myself completely DIY, and my dad was binding them, and yeah, that's what I did with the interviews. It was like this little book of interviews. I'm jealous about the the, the binding. Thing. It was pretty, pretty cool. Pretty I think awesome. I still have one. If I find it, I'll show it to you. It's that's, pretty cool. That's pretty great. I don't, I won't let you read it though. Cause <laughs> <laughs> you can look at the binding. I don't know how many of the poems hold up. Um, that's fine. <laughs> It might make you think different, differently of me, even but though our Brazil days, you know. I might fall in love. <laughs> oh. oh, I like it. Yeah. It's dramatic. That also works for me. I'm sorry the bridge is out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I put it on there. I'm like, oh, man, if I ever do, like, when I do reading stuff, like, it's like that it would be so corny and then the vampire <laughs> slipped and fell <laughs> <laughs> yes that's excellent <laughs> but okay that's cool um so what has your experience been as a just as you know going around to doing shows and promoting your stuff and like really kind of doing that because then you have i mean you have quite a few books out like yeah. you're a prolific dude yeah well you know how it is because when you just start What's pop, you can't stop. You can't stop. And when you get them books back and, you know, they're what you wanted them to be, that's important. One of the best early experiences was the Horror Host book, which I did include my interview with the ghoul. Oh, neat. The, very, the one I did years before. I put that one in there. But then I got to interview a bunch <laughs> of different horror hosts. And, um, you know, a lot of those guys are local to their area. So they have beloved um, fan fan bases and things like that. But then there's also a lot of nationally known people. And I had a nice uh, variation of all these different horror hosts. Probably, I think there's 18 in the book. And they were all so open to it. And they were all so cool. And I kind of got welcomed into the horror host community. I got invited to Halloween Jack's wedding. Oh, like wow. cool things like that. I'd walk into cons and they'd recognize me and I'm like part of their little, like that's, that's so great. <clears throat> and that was one of the first things. Oh, and the show that you and I did actually in, in uh, Oh yeah. Cleveland, I think it was monster fest yeah. mania. Or yeah. something. A guy came in and he had the horror host book signed by almost all of the horror hosts. That's awesome. And he showed it to me. He's like, I wanted you to see this. I'm like, this is magnificent. I loved it so much. So, but yeah, that's like one of the experiences and the rewarding thing of doing all these shows with your material and getting well known and, you know, putting yourself out there. I love it. Well, I mean, what a lot of people don't know real. I mean, what's, yeah, Paul's an interesting dude because of 
funny Paul story is one time you're like, oh gosh, you'll never believe this. And I was like, what? <laughs> and you were playing a game online and then like, you'll never guess who I was playing with. Like, I don't know. And it was Dominique Swain. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? what? How did this happen? He's like, I don't know, man. Weird shit always happens like that. <laughs> it just does. Uh, right now I'm playing uh, Monopoly Go with William Butler. <laughs> I knew you were going to like that too. It just popped up the other day. I'm like, I have to tell Chris this. Just wait until he lands on your hotels. He'd be like, you <laughs> son of a... <laughs> but yeah, uh, a lot of stuff like that came from the Rue Morgue. Yeah, that's what I was going to get yeah. to is like, yeah, it's like people don't know that you've written for Rue Morgue. Yeah. Magazine horror for anybody who wouldn't know it's a horror magazine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a column actually online and that was, man, that was so fun. Super rewarding. It was called Monster Kid Corner. It was basically the origins of horror movies. You know, the ones that got you into horror. So through that, man, I met a lot of really cool genre people and, you know, kind of stayed friends with a lot of them. That's, That's awesome. how I met Linnea Quigley and a couple of those people through interviewing with Rue Morgue and talking to the different writers of Rue Morgue. Some are my friends still. That's cool. And anytime. <clears throat> I get to be affiliated with Rue Morgue, I'm super honored because this is just so good. It's like the literature of a horror magazine. Oh, yeah. You know? no, for sure. So that opened up a lot of doors, though. That opened up some doors, even with the horror hosting stuff. Um, and, and, you know, not to, eh, I'll just say not to jump around, but, like, what makes you like feel such a kinship with all these horror hosts? And again, like some of these things I, I just explained, cause I don't know you well, and I know all this stuff, but yeah, like, so regionally, uh, folks would have, uh, like these, these, uh, channels would get like, they, they would have access to blocks of, of movies right. and you could, you could pair a couple horror movies and mm -hmm. you would have someone like, well, it'd be great if we had someone to introduce them and kind of play it up. And it's, it's, you know, and so regionally, people like like Detroit had uh, Sir Graves Gasly, and, yep. and Cleveland had the Ghoul, and, and had, he was Detroit too. Okay, yeah. okay, so up into the yeah, yeah. Um, and now Chicago has uh, Svenguli. Yeah. So there's you know there's still bunches of around all over the country. Yeah. Like almost every state has a notable beloved horror host that worked at the local station at some point, you know, <clears throat> and um, some of them got to be legendary through that. Uh, I know when I was a kid, I watched The Ghoul with my dad. And I was young. Like, there's pictures of me dressed up like The Ghoul, and I'm like five. So that weirdness, you know, got into me. But it's also the live thing. Because anything could go wrong. Anything could happen on The Ghoul, right? It would be not even about the movie. I don't even remember what movies were on these shows half the time. But I just remember The Ghoul was there, and he was going to throw a bowling ball in a toilet or or something like that. But there's something about the live aspect of it that always gets to me. And that funky local television kind of way. Yeah. That Svengoolie is great. I love that it's still here, but it's not the same kind of. Oh, know well, yeah. I mean? Like like the the ghoul for those, again, like for those, it was he was like when he was a, like big and kind of came on the scene as he was very counterculture. Yeah. Kind of like. <laughs> proto punk in that like yeah. he was he was a hippie yep. but like he was of you know of a time when yeah when he would do his stuff kind of this whatever and yeah. that's what people loved is it was i mean lots of explosions yeah 
Um, and yeah, beating you up can't, his little frog. You can't do that anymore. You can't do that kind of stuff. They want you, safer you would have stuff. to be like cable access, yeah. or YouTube, which is where a lot of them go now. But you and can't like really. You could you could do the interst- interstitial stuff, but you can't like not you same. can't show nothing. You, you know, can't really show nothing dead or anything. You can't like yeah. So it's not this. It's you know. That was what interests me in making the book, because I'm like, how are there still horror hosts? They drew this line from years and years ago. I mean, like this thing <clears> goes back fifties, you know. And they drew this line, but they're still out there finding ways to horror host basically do the thing that they do that they love yeah i know some of them will um oh solicit like uh uh you know uh indie movies you yeah. know like director stuff and it's like you know it's not it's not the same but like you know they can still pre- they get to present a movie and these, a these people idea. get a platform to show their film and and yeah because there's only so many public domain movies you can show yeah. And you're going to interrupt some public domain movie that nobody wanted to watch in the first place. Yeah, that's not going to be. That's not going to do as well. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's yeah. With so it it it's interesting that they they have evolved and found ways to to yeah. exist. But it's really interesting. I thought <clears throat> in a time where there's video games and a million stream channels and there's still people that want to watch horror hosts. So to me, there was like a beauty in that. And that was, that was something that actually fascinated me. I tried to get Elvira. I tried to get all the. Yeah, big... I was gonna say like yeah. When you think of like Elvira is like the the superstar right. that did that um, right. that had had shows and stuff, um, but like she was the exception, not the norm. Like the right. you know like she broke out. And and she I mean she kind of seems very self aware of that and stuff and knows yeah she she created a persona and she knew exactly like. How she dresses, how she acts, how like it—it's fascinating to see pictures of, of of. Uh, oh my gosh, her name. Vampire. No, I'm I'm trying to think of her, uh, Cassandra Peterson. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Like just being Cassandra Peterson, and then versus Elvira. It's not the like same it person. is. Yeah, it's 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 like they are not the same per- person. It is yeah. it is a character, and she she knew, like she's gonna wear a low cut thing, and like you know to to hear her talk about it and stuff, and she talks about kind of how they created that whole yeah. thing and like the beehive and everything and no. it's interesting so she was very aware but yeah it's, well i it's... contacted management for an interview and they were very cordial very nice she was busy and but they did allow me mm-hmm. to print a picture <clears throat> so there's one picture of elvira in the book That's and talking cool. peripherally about elvira you know but you can't you can't leave Elvira out of horror yeah. history. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, for sure. So. That's like it's yeah. That's I mean that's how most people would know what a horror host you know yeah. varying degrees would be is is the, you know. And that the older people would know maybe Zachary. Lee. Yeah. Yeah. But beyond that, you know. Yeah, and it's I mean it's it is it's one regional. of those it's one of those things that it's that there are any that still are kind of clinging to it and that are are, are surviving and still doing it and getting into it and stuff is is a. a, a miraculous in that it's one of those things it is like a draw it's like drive-ins yeah that it's the world kind of moved on and it's a shame that the world moved on because right. we you know like where things kind of evolve like we're you know we miss out on so many of these things yeah. that the the character of of things and but you know but they still they have a horror <laughs> host channel that they do and they program different shows in there because <clears throat> i would like think like roku would be jangler. perfect for that yeah or they, something. they okay. have that yeah <clears throat> And so that's pretty cool. And that keeps it alive. And I know that people that want to find it can find it. Yeah. You know, 
I mean, we, we've dabbled in it with my daughter. Try to do a little, <coughs> we actually made a book where she was the horror host of the book. That's you know, That was pretty fun and cool, but you never know. We might try it again sometime. <laughs> no, that's, uh, I mean, what's interesting, it makes me wonder, um, uh, if, if some of them are using TikTok or like the new mediums to kind of do that now, because I mean, yeah, that's kind of where you'd have to, you know, again, where you'd have to go to at least get people to kind of, you know, become aware. TikTok is an interesting thing because I don't think I've seen any of them on TikTok, but that's a pretty cool idea. Just because you, I mean, just, I know they're on YouTube. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Because I mean, that's, it's just, it's one of those things where, I mean, and without getting, I mean, like, you know, attention spans on everybody are kind of scattered yeah. because, because of phones and stuff. But right, like, right. So you kind of got to go where the, where the people are, and that's where, you know, they are. So if you had to get them to come to your to your, your other right. thing, yeah. you just kind of got to. Yeah, because bands do that. Yeah. Bands have a little thing where it'd be like, oh, here's a clip of this band being <clears> crazy <throat> or whatever. Check this out yeah. on YouTube, here's the some, full video. Yeah, here's 30 seconds of our song. And right, you're like, right. Oh, that's, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it works for book talk too, which I know you can't wait to get into. Oh, I'm can't. I'm, <laughs> I was I was hoping that the government would ban TikTok, so I'd be like, ha! At least I don't have to try to get on that now. Like, ha ha! That's hilarious. Face <laughs> didn't didn't work out that way, but you know, whatever. Um, how how did you get into doing a home haunt? The home haunt. All right, so this also goes back a little bit. It seems like all this stuff stems from when I was, like, nine or whatever. Who had parents were that, like, I mean, were, like, seems very encouraging to all of this kind of fun stuff, right? weirdly, though, we didn't celebrate Halloween. Huh. So we celebrated it for a few years, and then we didn't, and then I was grown. You know what I mean? So, but one of the younger years, I remember going outside and looking down the street and all. This was in the 80s so everything was lit up people were decorating you know and i went to a house and they had a you wouldn't call it a home haunt but it's like a statue of like a sleepy hollow guy and you could see a light playing and they had like a some music going on the stereo scary music and that just stayed with me forever i'm like i loved it it led you know it was magical it felt made the night feel more magical and then my grandpa was almost like uh he was, he was almost like having Peter Laurie. Like, he was so funny and cool, but he scared the crap out of kids on Halloween. So I'd go over there to his house and pass out candy when we didn't ce- celebrate Halloween. I went to his house through my teenage years, and me and him would count, and my grandma, we would count the trick-or-treaters and eat pizza and watch Alfred Hitchcock Presents, and that's where I really fell in love with Halloween. And I thought... This one time he scared a kid, and the kid dropped his candy. You know, we had to run out and hunt him down and everything. But I think that stayed in the back of my head. Then when my wife and I moved to uh, a street in Flint, um, there was a house on the end corner that had what you would legitimately call a home haunt. And he had, like, a big meat shack made up, and I could see him building this haunt in his yard. Every day you'd see him add more stuff. He's building it from the ground up. It was intriguing and fascinating. And Halloween night, everybody went there, you know. So the one year, they had moved. And I thought, wow, that's pretty sad because kids were coming around to that neighborhood looking for him. I turned to my wife. I was like, 
why don't we do that? Why don't we be that house? You know, it's Flint and kids can't just pay $25 to go to a haunt all the time. You know, like just make a free haunt. And it started out just being, you know, me and some friends and a couple animatronics. And it wound up being this like huge, gigantic walkthrough <laughs> with like 20 actors and all one day a year, every time. Freddy versus Jason. Yep, Freddy versus Jason in the backyard. We had Leatherface in the garage and a bunch of stuff. We had, we'd built these tunnels. Uh, I remember, I remember seeing video of, uh, uh, I can't remember her name from The Ring. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was my daughter. She'd climb out of the TV. That people love that. And <laughs> yeah. they, th- they would throw stuff at her. <laughs> people are throwing candy at her. They're screaming. Yeah. So it turned into a big family affair, too. Because, like, everybody wanted to come over and hang out and have fun on Halloween. That's fun. My dad, my mom, my mother-in-law, they've all done it on different occasions. And it's just turned into a passion. You know what I mean? Like... Every year around August, you start thinking about, oh, we got to build this tunnel for this home haunt. <laughs> and we, you know, it's called Scarage Town, which is a play on Carriage Town for those who don't know Flint, you know. Yeah, there's a neighborhood called Carriage Town. Yeah, yeah. So we thought that'd be kind of funny and cool and make it something that people would talk about. And it's funny because I run into people that were at the haunt and they recognize me and they'll be like, when I was a kid, I used to go through this haunt and I'm like, yep. That was us. <laughs> there was a lady at McDonald's just a couple months ago. She's like, I used to go to your haunt when I was a kid. I'm like, oh, you did? That's so cool. That's fun. So that was really the reason why. Because I wanted to be able to help make Halloween night magical. Like, whoever those people were that did it to me when I was eight or nine, you know, scared the crap out of me. And I loved it. That's cool. Yeah. So you also uh, have a magazine you put out called Halloween Machine. Cause yeah. You- are such a big Halloween person. I am about that. ridiculously into Halloween. Yeah, that was um, that was uh, just real simple. I'm sitting there and it's like January and I'm like, why ain't there a Halloween magazine? And there wasn't one. There used to be a long time ago. There was another one. But there wasn't one that just focused on Halloween all year round. You'd have to wait for the seasonal thing to come out. Yeah. And I thought, I'm just going to make one. Cause no one's doing that. And it seems like a fun thing that a few people would be interested in, you know, and it's become my labor of love. How many years have you, you've been oh, doing it now? My gosh. The first one was 2012. Okay. So, so it's been this is the 14th year. Yeah. It's, it's, yep. It's, it's, there's a lot of issues now that started out doing five a year and now it's more back to two, maybe three. I do like a special issue in like a <clears> summer <throat> and an autumn. I like to still put one out in like April because that was the initial goal was to have something when it wasn't Halloween for all the Halloween aficionados. But along the way, I got immersed into Halloween culture and just all this crazy stuff that you didn't even know existed, you know. So that is, like I said, that's a labor of love, though. I don't really make much money off that. If at all, sometimes, <clears throat> but I'm, I don't care. I'm still to keep doing it, you know? So, so you've been, <clears throat> it's interesting cause you were, you know, been in many bands and been in bands with your family yeah. and stuff, but you're, 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 you're still kind of in, you know, active in a band. And it's funny again, because it's come Halloween. back to what's the theme. <laughs> it's a Halloween band basically. I mean, but. You know, we play all year round, and of course, it's 
It's a horror punk metal, Lords of October. My son's the guitar player, and you know our buddy Lucifer is the bass player, and Matt on drums, Monster Matt we call him. But it was the same thing. We decided this would be a really fun thing to do. What if we dressed up in uh, Halloween costumes and went and played horror shows? And that's really where that idea came from. Well, we started out playing Kiss songs in Dave's house. And then we're like, you know what? This is starting to sound kind of good. Maybe we could write some songs and see where this takes us, you know. And it's <clears throat> taken us to a lot of really cool places. Oh, yeah. I mean, your newest record has... Uh has an intro from the one and only Dr. Satan. That's right. Walter Phelan did our intro. And uh, has has a guest performance. Des Kadena on lead guitar on Proof, which is the first single. And then we also got Stephen Bissett, the the Bigfoot guy. He does a some a part for us on a on a song. So it turned into something really cool along the way, and um, I get. A lot of good feedback on that at cons i get recognized sometimes which is funny because i'm not wearing makeup but i think people recognize the hair i have the hair pulled up and shaved and all that and i'm super tall i'm six you nine. guys could cosplay as yourselves at it that's hilarious everybody like who the hell are you guys we're mm. lords of october i've heard of them <laughs> yeah that is what happens a lot they're of famous times. enough that we cosplayed as them right yeah duh well we had a guy that was six nine and we thought it's a no-brainer yeah that, but it would, you know, what we should honestly do. Huh? Is you should cosplay, but like everybody need like you be Zach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Switch all the, all the that different characters around. Be really funny. That'd be great. That's my favorite thing playing at cons because those audiences, you know, they get it. You know, like that's what it was built for, really. Oh yeah. You know, but having a, a big. Uh, you know, relatively decent-sized fan base of people that actually like you. Yeah. That's really cool. And in a musical career, that that hasn't always been the case, you know. (laughs) Sometimes you just struggle to get five people to come to your show, you know. So Lords of October is a lot different than that in a good way. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. What was the biggest show you guys have played? Because I, I think it's in my mind, but like... Well, we've opened for Doyle a couple times okay. now, and that those were really good shows. Didn't you guys... One of the Joe Bob's thing, like... Yep, we played Joe Bob's... Uh, That's what I was thinking. Joe Bob's Bash in yeah. Philly. We played the very first one. That's so great. that was really cool. That's great. Getting that call back was fun. <laughs> and just hearing Joe Bob say your name on the radio, like, oh, we got Lords of October. You're like... Oh, God, this is cool. <laughs> that's cool. Actually, Linnea was there, too. Linnea Quigley was oh, there. That's fun. Yeah. So I had makeup on, and I, and I don't know if she recognized me. She said she did, but she let me take a picture with her, so whatever. That's cool. <laughs> that was a big, cool show. There was a show in Jackson we played, too, outside. It was like a zombie walk in Jackson. That was really good. A lot of fun. That's fun. Yeah. That's super cool. So, and, and again, with everything else you do... Um, uh, you, uh, with some aficionados of horror as well, um, put put on events, and you've done that for yeah. a while as well. Uh, yeah. Why, why, what does that kind of fulfill that everything? Because this is interesting because this is kind of like a holistic approach of like how many ways that you are involved because of your right. love for, for, horror for horror and stuff. Like, but how, yeah. what, what do you get out of putting events on? Well, mm-hmm. I got to go back a little bit because I think you and I are 
quite a bit similar in this way, being kids that were a little bit weird and maybe just a little bit misfit and there's nothing like that around that you can relate to. Yeah. Like, you know, there's nothing in the city like that. And, uh, you know, I'm a monster kid through and through. I don't remember not loving monsters. You know what I mean? Got the famous monster magazines from my uncle and watch Abbott Costello me Frankenstein with my dad. And those are like the origins of wanting to be involved with events and cons and hearing that you were putting on the Flint Horror Con. And I'm like, there's no way I'm not going to be involved in this. I have to be involved in this. <laughs> and I contacted you and, you know. And I uh, banned you for life. <laughs> you were like, no, there's no way we're letting this dude in. So I started a competing Horror Con. No. No, but just seeing, being at that first Horror Con and seeing the joy that everyone got and, you know, mingling with people that, our heroes really and like we talked earlier about how someone like um uh um, an actor in a horror movie that wouldn't really budge the needle let's say in a different kind of movie is like a hero to us yeah you know and watching people interact with tom sullivan my kid got to meet his hero at that con you know and i had him writing a book so i brought it to him and gave it to him that was all very um, eye-opening as far as, well, that could actually be done in Flint. And, you know, I left that day feeling like, oh, I'm going to I want to do this. This is what I want to do. I like going to the cons, but I really want to be part of it. I yeah, want to oh be yeah. part of the people that, that help put this on. And I was, like, proud of you guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, like, I'm proud to have been involved with the first one, but I was really proud that you guys put that together. You know what I mean? Like, I remember feeling that way. Like, I am proud they brought this to Flint, Michigan. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I want to be part of it. That's and awesome. so that's what keeps it going to this day, really, is I know there's still people out there that would love to have something down the road that they can actually go to that's affordable because we've always been a low-do show. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just important to me, you know, to keep that weirdness going <clears throat> in Flint. You Which know. you're kind of pa- have been passing the torch to your kids now because yep. they have started to, to because you are a filmmaker as well and and you've always had your your family and your friends involved yeah. and and always and as as your kids have gotten older they've gotten more involved yeah and really good <laughs> like surprisingly good sometimes I'm like how did you get so good because some of the kids are better actors than me like it's you know one of the great shames is you and I had <clears throat> been involved in in. A movie <laughs> that'll never see the light of day, but that your one of your daughters. Is, oh, two of them. Oh, oh, well, oh yeah. But yeah. I was thinking because yeah, Audrey like basically is the star. Yeah, she's the star. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame that yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's kind of kind of all for naught. But yeah. it, it, was, it, it was the experience was fun. Yeah, yeah. And it was yeah, it was neat that you guys got to work together on that. Yeah, totally. And plus, we have finished other movies together that we got to see play out at film festivals and sit in the crowd watching your kid and watching people get it you know like oh she's really good you know what i mean like audrey's really good at this so i keep writing things for them to do and miley's getting really good at it she actually won a award for one of our movies our short films oh wow Yeah, she won best child actor that's awesome yeah that was really cool just a little short film that we made at our house you know that's great and it totally spurned her on she's gonna be uh she's she wants to be an actress of some sort 
or a wrestler, but she's in a play at school, The Outsiders, now. That's awesome. And those things give her confidence, you know. But they're just kind of, they're like born performers. All of them are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're just, they're made to do that. <laughs> That's so <laughs> Which funny. Which is kind of like how I always felt as a kid, now that I think about it. Yeah, I, adm- I admire that you kind of all have that kind of passion and love. You know, all of your kids kind of have their own thing going yeah. on. But, like, you all, the Venn di- diagram is you all meet kind of in this horror space kind of where you know in creative and kind of like halloweeny outside not even just horror but yeah like halloween and, yeah. And, and creative space yeah there's like that magical side of horror that they all latched onto which they latched onto organically because <clears throat> the only one that isn't is my oldest daughter and she still does stuff with us you know what i mean she's not like she's kind of like dad horror movies are scary but she still does stuff with us. <laughs> She's the one that crawled out of the TV. Oh, right on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But she, but the rest of them, you know, everybody finds their kind of <laughs> thing that they love and go with it, and we just encourage it, you know. And then it's hard to not write movies for people that you know can make them that live in your house. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like. Well, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I I leaned on your your family and your connections for my first movie that I made. And that I mean, was so much fun to do too. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's like it, it, having gone through that, I understood when people talk about how hard it is, you know, oh, we shoot on the weekends and this, that, because it's the first day of shooting is the, it's the best time in the world. Yeah. And then the second day is it's, it's the second ish best the day. And then the more, drags on the less interested yeah everyone is because there's you know there's no money in it there's no it's just like it's you're doing it for waiting around for your yeah there's more things in life that it's like you have other responsibilities or other things other distractions and it's like right it's not they're in it they're doing it but it's not theirs so Mm -hmm. they're kind of just like but if it's your family they're kind of always there yeah and they're and for the most part you can keep them engaged yeah um we haven't done a lot of uh like taking the kids and doing different uh, places where we'd have to have sets. But I've had them in music videos, and, you know, that's really, really fun. It's really fun to direct kids in music videos because you just say, do this, and they do it. They're not like, you know, what's my motivation, you know? And music videos are cool, too, because you can just say the directions out loud. Yeah. They'll turn to your left and, you know, do this and do this and. So it's really rewarding. And then you look back and there's videos that I made with my first band and the kids are in it and they were the adults. They were kids then. They're adults now. So that's always really cool. I know they look back on that as a magical time, you know. So it's fun. That's awesome. I think it's rewarding for everybody. Oh no, for sure. That's yeah, for as many families aren't close like that it brings gives you something to kind of kind yeah. of come together on. And they'll have ideas. They'll be like, hey, Dad, we should shoot this. And I'm like, let's do it. You know? Yeah, we you were, made like a snowball fight movie a couple weeks ago. You were saying earlier that, you know, you're, you're, you know, some of your kids have gotten into writing and wanting to, yeah. you know, they've, I mean, I guess they've been doing that for ages, though. But, like, you know, putting their own books together themselves, like, right. inspired by what you're doing. Yeah. And that's pretty awesome. We, we did a book uh, where the girls reviewed um, classic horror movies and published and you know they got a little bit of local uh attention for it and they got to go on tv and oh, that's cool. talk about the book and everything it's so great man it's just so great 
just having them be that interested in it to where they're like, yeah, let's do that. That's kind of priceless, you know. That's awesome. And, yeah. and so the last thing I'll, I'll hit is, uh, you know, uh, you're kind of have reached a point now where you're kind of paying it forward too in an endeavor that you and I have um, where we have kind of a, a it's been in, in, uh, in stasis a while. It's been asleep. But uh, but Goblin Holler, our little our imprint, yes, yes, yeah. our, our little uh, shingle, uh, for for we're, we put one book out, a an anthology of Bigfoot stories. Um, so good, I love it. With a second one on the on the way, that'll be an anthology of ghost stories. Ooh. Um, and, and that's been fun, and and what, you know your experience kind of with that, like with now you get to not just be an author in the book, but you get to kind of choose writers you know to kind of yeah. contribute to it like that's kind yeah. of fun yeah it's really it's really fun that's another rewarding thing because for one thing i'm always happy to be uh published with you I, I love your work i think you know that and i think that we always mesh together well when we do things and then just seeing uh, other writers like you said friends that we admire that right curtis prim He's he's one of the people that's going to be in the anthology. He's been with me since like the second issue of Halloween Machine. He's contributed almost to almost every issue. So to be able to say, hey, you want to do this cool project with us, you know? And he's like, definitely. So that that's also rewarding in its own way. And like you said, being able to kind of see someone that you admire and and be in a project with them. I know that's like a really weird way to say it, but that's just how it feels like. I'm proud to be in the same project with these people. Yeah, I guess well, that's it. And I mean, I feel good that it's, I mean, it's it's a paying gig for these folks. Like everybody's, yeah. not, it's not a lot of money, but they're all getting paid for, their, for their stories. So yeah. I, I, There's I, something to be said for that. Oh, yeah. No, I mean. We know how that feels. We, I, I, we should count up how many words it is and if, they're, <laughs> if we're underpaying them. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, we haven't had any complaints, uh, that's, so that's something. But yeah, so and it's it's cool because with the first book, we happened on, thanks to you, um, the cover artist, and like it did just and I I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he it, the cover just has such a great look, right, right. Um, and then you know we of course had to as long as he was willing have him do the second book. Oh my it, God, and it's so beautiful. Yeah, and it has the same feel because that's his his and i can't what is, um now see i'm drawing a blank yeah, he's a mad magazine artist yeah david uh I, i'm drawing a blank on his oh my name, gosh but yeah which but, sucks because i love the guy uh, you know i'm gonna look it up real quick. but yeah like the incredible like it's very fun like the the bigfoot one yeah is like they're they're both cartoony as it were but not like ridiculous the, like they both it's they have their and it's cool because that's why, you know, as long as he's a game, we'll keep going back to him because it is... David DeGrand. David DeGrand. It's a consistent style, and it's, you can tell, and it's, but, yeah. and it's, but they're different. And, and so he elevates our theme to an even bigger spot, yeah. you know, whatever our theme is for each chosen book, and then, but they have that um, uniform kind of feel to them yeah. because of his art. Yep, so. It's so good. I'm excited. To, yeah, I'm excited to get the second book out. So just because again, then, those covers will be pretty fun next to one another. You know, like those books, and they're gonna look so good together. So that's Goblin Holler too. If anybody wants to go check us out on Facebook, that's and they true, should, yeah. and they should add us, or would like us, or whatever it is you do. 
Click the dingling. Click the dingling. <laughs> temp, we won't spam you, temp, but you'll see the covers. Tap Bigfoot's dingling. <laughs> uh, that will happen. It'll, it's all good. Flint's Bigfoot needs to do a, a, a plug for uh, the book oh, sometime. Should have like him on the back corner in the back of the Hi, book. Hey, y'all. Yeah, hey, it's Flint's Bigfoot. Hi, y'all. It's Flint's Bigfoot. Y'all better read this book. <laughs> It's got a bunch of words in it. I can't even read them. But I think they talks about me. Buy this book and read it to me. <laughs> Tuck me in and read it to me. I just, uh, I'm just, I, and then we're going to put my other book out so, so, sometime. <clears throat> Evil World Outside, which we already have a cover for. No, we'll see. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. It's, Juliana Hudzik did the cover, and it's also brilliant. Maybe we <clears throat> need to do that by Halloween. Okay. Yeah, that's it. We just made a decision See? right there on and the podcast. We, and we talked about what the next, the grand book will be. Yeah. So we'll have to, on the way, after this, we can talk more about it. But Yes, yes. <clears throat> but All right, cool. Like, this has been wonderful, Paul. Thank uh, you. Where, how can people find you? I mean, the best place is probably Facebook. Probably at your house. Yeah, you come right to my Excuse house. My go through the home haunt. <laughs> Sorry, so uh, Facebook? We'll have you for dinner. <laughs> Yeah, Facebook, and you know, it's Paul Canellis, C-O-U-N-E-L-I-S. You're going to have that on your in your blurb, right? Am I? No. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that thing, probably. And you can look me up on Amazon. You can look up lordsofoctober.com. There's all kinds of avenues to find me. Yeah. And Goblin Holler is our... Goblin our, Holler our little, is, uh, is the imprint. Yeah. Also so. on Facebook. It has been a pleasure, sir. Thank you. Oh, um, great. I loved it. Thank uh, you. It, it, we'll talk more about everything off, off the air. And I, as always, am the spooky Chris uh, that was mentioned in the beginning. And it's, you know, my podcast. So uh, you can follow my podcast, all my, my reviews, and all the other stuff at my website, spookychris.com. I will talk to you, I don't know, whatever.